Welcome to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. In this episode, Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Nicholas Etches, talks about the importance of ongoing COVID-19 precautions and testing as the number of positive cases continue to grow across the province. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Etches. First of all, can you give us a quick update on the state of COVID-19 in Alberta? At this point, we are seeing the highest number of daily case counts, um, the highest number of hospitalizations, and the highest number of uh, ICU visits that we have seen since the beginning of the pandemic. So in some, in some sense, this is the worst, uh, the most concerned um, that I've been since this has started. And, and obviously, uh, you know, it's something that we should all be concerned about at this point. The place we're at is we need everyone to be thinking very carefully about their risk uh, in their own personal lives. In particular, when any time you're in an indoor space with anyone from outside your household, you should be there. Should be a red uh, red light going off in your head saying this is a, a potentially risky situation, and that's for number one, your own health. Um, there's no one who's not at risk from a severe outcome from COVID-19 infection. Uh, it's for the well-being of the, everyone that you see in your life. It's for, so if that's your family or your friends or your coworkers, being careful about your own risk protects them. And then very broadly speaking, it's about the risk to the really vulnerable people in our society. Um, you know, people that are older, people with uh, medical conditions, um, you know, the risk that each of us takes, every single person in Alberta takes, uh, in some broad sense, impacts the risk to people in long-term care homes, uh, to people in our hospitals, and also to our healthcare workers. And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we should all be thinking very carefully every time we are taking a risk. And how's that impacting our healthcare system? As I mentioned before, we are seeing hospitalizations are at the highest level they've been uh, since the beginning of pandemic uh, with respect to COVID-19 hospitalizations. COVID-19 ICU visits are the highest they've ever been. Uh, and also our case counts right now are the highest they've ever been. So in seven to 10 days, we actually expect those numbers to continue to increase. Uh, and what that means is that uh, in some instances and moving forward, it, it's um, likely that certain types of healthcare uh, are not going to be able to be provided. For example, um, you know, we may have to consider uh, cancelling and rescheduling elective surgeries. And obviously that's an outcome that, that nobody wants. Um, and then ultimately, the thing we're very concerned about is actually having the capacity to care um, for the sickest people. And that includes people that are sickest from COVID-19. We want to make sure we have enough ICU beds and enough ventilators for people that need them. But people need ICU beds and ventilators for other things too. And so if we don't have any more ICU beds and ventilators, if we have someone that has, um, say, a severe infection or uh, a heart attack and they need that level of care, if we have too many severe COVID-19 cases, there may be some very difficult decisions that need to be made. I think that one of the most important things that I want to get across is that as community transmission of COVID-19 increases, at, which is dependent on the behaviors that we each um, undertake, as those increase, it's more likely that 
any patient going into acute care has COVID-19 or is incubating COVID-19. Uh, it's more likely that any healthcare worker going into work could be incubating COVID-19. It's more likely that any visitor going into the hospital could have COVID-19. And in some ways, you know, in addition to actually having to care for more patients because they are sick with COVID, um, it, it, in some way our acute care systems and long-term care systems are under assault by the amount of disease that's in the community because any single person going into that facility is now more likely to have COVID-19 and to be a uh, risk for spreading it to others, which can, of course, seed outbreaks. And we do our best to prevent that, and we've got a lot of good processes and procedures in place. Um, but as the community risk increases, um, it gets uh, more and more complicated uh, to provide care. At its current rate of spread, what's the potential impact if we're unable to flatten the curve again? I think the scenario that, um, you know, in public health that I'm worried about, that I want us to avoid, um, is what we saw in places like uh, Northern Italy, in places like New York, where they actually, um, you know, ran out of capacity to uh, deal with all the cases, the severe cases that they were uh, seeing. They had um, very high rates of death um, from COVID-19, and and that's that's the scenario we don't want to find ourselves uh, in. And so if we're not able to decrease the amount of transmission that's occurring, if things continue the way they are right now, you know, eventually we may be in that kind of situation. It may happen more quickly than we think it will. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how uh, quickly COVID-19 can get out of control. Um, you know, we've seen that in, in numerous places across the world. So we don't want to be in that situation in Alberta. What can Albertans do to help reduce the spread? It really comes down to every single day, every single person thinking about their risk um, and trying to mitigate whatever risk they can. And everyone that you're seeing from you know, outside of your household and also everyone that anyone in your household sees from outside of your household is a risk to you and is a risk for spread. And so, you know, there's the thing that people should be very cautious with is meeting people inside uh, in close proximity, say in a small room somewhere where they're not physically distanced. Um, that is when the red light should be going off in anyone's in anyone's head. And we should each be trying to really minimize and be thoughtful about um, when we're in those kind of situations, whether that's um, a social situation or a workplace-related um, situation, and uh, you know, to be really, you know, just thinking about if you have a bank account of risk that you can spend, spending it on the things that are going to benefit you the most. If you've got a particularly close friend or family member that you want to see in a, you know, an environment where there's not too many people at once, you know that's a certain amount of risk you may want to spend. Uh, you know, if you need to work in order to earn a living um, and you need to see other people there, that's a certain amount of risk that um, you need to spend. And you can also decrease the cost of those interactions by things like um, physical distancing. Um, so, you know, we don't have an unlimited amount of COVID risk money to spend. As a, as a society and as an individual, each of us doesn't have that. And so that's the way I think about it for myself. You know, in terms of, uh, I want to keep my overall risk level low, 
uh, there's, you know, apart from never leaving your house, there's no way to live um, uh, a zero COVID risk lifestyle. There's some risk even with us being here today. Um, and so to be thinking very carefully about, um, you know, how much risk we're spending and where we're spending that risk in a way that benefits us the most. What do you say to Albertans who are feeling COVID fatigue and are just tired of following the recommended safety precautions? So I think that one of the things that's happening right now is we're moving into the winter time. That's a big driver. It's driving people indoors and the risk of COVID transmission indoors is much higher than it is outdoors. Um, I think people are getting tired. I think it has been a long road for all of us. And uh, at the same time, COVID is still there and the risk hasn't changed. And the, the consequence is if we aren't able uh, to each think about this in our own lives are still the exact same as they were in the spring and what we've seen again in, uh, in some jurisdictions that have had a really rough go of it and a lot of deaths and a lot of strain on their healthcare systems. And you know, I think that we need to make it through this winter uh, without that occurring. And it's not easy. It just isn't. Uh, and I acknowledge that you know, people are sick and tired of, of doing all of the right things. It's exhausting and it's also hard when you know, social connection is so important for um, each of us and our mental health. Um, and so again, to be really thoughtful. If you can see someone outside that is always better uh, than seeing them inside. And so some days that's not going to be possible. It's just too cold. We all know that. But on days where it's, you know, a little warmer, if you can um, bundle up, you know, if it's sunny outside, at least go for a walk with someone, meet that need in a way that is the least risky from a COVID perspective. Um, that's what we all need to be thinking about. And I still think there are ways for us to um, live our lives in, in ways that are enriching and fulfilling um, while really reducing our COVID risk. We just have to be thoughtful and we may have to be willing to, to bundle up, be a little bit cold. Um, but those are the kinds of decisions that we need everyone to be thinking about uh, in order to change what's happening right now. Now, we hear that as positive cases go up, we're actually seeing demand for COVID-19 testing go down. Any idea why? You know, there's a lot that of uh, speculative reasons around that. I, I mean, things that I could speculate on around uh, is because people are, it's COVID fatigue. Um, people who had a test before and they, you know, they didn't like the sensation of it. Um, you know, people who have, people who have symptoms maybe don't want to know if they have COVID. I'm not sure. Those are all possible reasons, but I'm speculating. Um, but testing is really important. We, in public health, we want to know about every single case that's out there. And the more we know about the cases that are out there, um, the more we can do to reduce spread. And the more that you know about your own health, and if you have symptoms, what's causing them, the better you can, uh, number one, care for yourself and know if there's something that's changing, whether you might need to go and uh, seek additional care. Uh, but also the better you can protect your friends and family members and the people that you see. And, you know, it's really about if, if you have COVID, you want to know because that's what's going to be of most help uh, to yourself and then also to the people you care about, which are the people you see 
on a day-to-day -day basis, your friends and family members. So I would encourage anyone that has uh, symptoms, anyone that's been notified that they're a close contact, um, please do get tested. Uh, you want to know if you have COVID. What would you say to Albertans who are reluctant to get tested, fearing a positive result? There should be no judgment there. There's, like I said, there's, apart from never leaving your house, there is, and living by yourself, there is no such thing as a zero risk lifestyle when it comes to COVID. And like I said, there's risk here today. There's risk anytime you're interacting in any way with other people. And of course we all do that to some degree. And so, you know, if you know someone that gets COVID, uh, whether that's, you know, a colleague or a friend or a family member, um, you know, to really have compassion and concern for them, but not judgment, you know, no one wants to get COVID. No one's out there trying to um, get themselves infected and put the, their, uh, their friends and family members at risk. And I think that's often the, the driving factors. People are scared of, of judgment. Um, I also would say that often people are worried about um, the potential impacts to their employment. And so, you know, it's really important that employers are supportive of uh, their staff to not work when sick and that their workplace policies support and allow for that. Uh, one of the biggest things that uh, we've seen that is a concern is that um, you know, people will continue to uh, work or socialize even when they have symptoms. And so we really have to be understanding if someone says, yeah, you know, I've just, I've got a runny nose. It's probably nothing, but I'm not going to come into work today or I'm not going to see you later or whatever that is. You know, we all have to be very understanding of that. Um, and so, you know, there is no um, shame in having COVID whatsoever. You know, uh, it's possible that at some point during this, time I may get COVID right I'm here right now I don't live I don't stay inside my house 24 7 and that's possible and if that's the case if I get symptoms I'm gonna go get tested uh, I want to know if I have COVID and and it's getting tested is the and and informing people if you are diagnosed with COVID is the best way you can protect the people in your life and um, for the people that you know that get COVID the best thing you can do is um, to support them and be understanding. Uh, so there is no, no shame in having COVID. Now, there was a recent change to the way positive results are traced. Can you explain the importance of Albertans' role in contact tracing? With the increased number of cases, uh, increased volume of cases that we see when you're thinking about it from a public health, health system perspective, um, it's uh, it's essentially at this point until we're able to add more contact tracers it has outstripped our ability to directly contact all the close contacts of a case um, you know so before if someone was diagnosed with covid and they said yeah in the day before my symptoms started um, i had a couple people over to my house before we would say okay who are those people um, you know what are their phone numbers and we would call them and say hey just so you know um, you have been identified as a close contact of a COVID case. Um, now we don't have enough uh, contact tracers to make those phone calls. And so what we're going to be asking uh, is if, um, say, that situation happened again, we would ask the actual case to say, can you please call the people that were over at your house yesterday and we'll give them specific instructions about what to tell uh, their close contacts around um, 
you know, self-isolation for 14 days and getting a COVID test. Uh, but we're really relying on people uh, to do that. And it, it, it um, loops back to that question we were discussing earlier about, um, you know, there's no shame in having COVID. And the best thing that, if you're diagnosed with COVID, the best thing you can do for your friends, family members, colleagues, people you care about, is to let all your close contacts know because that's how they can protect themselves. And that's also how they can protect their friends and family members uh, if they've been identified as a close contact. If they don't know, they're liable to put other people in their lives at risk. And so it's really important that, um, that uh, we're, we're really requesting people's assistance with this. What's the risk if Albertans who have tested positive for COVID-19 don't follow up with their close contacts? Say that uh, um, if you were diagnosed with COVID and turns out that the day before your symptoms started, you uh, had dinner with your sister. And then um, you found out about the diagnosis and you said, well, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't want to say anything. And then you didn't call your sister to let them know that, uh, that she was a close contact. And then four or five days later, your sister goes and visits your parents. And all of a sudden, you know, your parents who are probably at a higher risk category are now potentially going to be exposed. Whereas if you had shared that information, it's very likely that that interaction um, wouldn't have happened. Similarly at work, um, you know, you, if it turns out that you worked while you were infectious with COVID, um, if you tell your, your colleagues that were exposed to you that you were diagnosed with COVID in their close contacts, that gives them the opportunity to protect the people in their lives, to protect their friends and family members and people at risk in particular. Um, and so, you know, I think it, it really is a responsibility that we each have, um, number one, to find out if we have COVID, if we have symptoms, and then number two, to, um, to let people know so that they can do what they need to do to protect their loved ones. Clearly, this is now wearing on everyone. Any suggestions on how Albertans can try to remain positive as we continue to work through the pandemic? You know, I think uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of, difficulties that have come with COVID-19, but I think there's also um, a lot of success stories and, you know, a lot of people, the, the way that we've come together to, uh, to understand this issue, to change the way that we're each living, like a lot of people have made a lot of sacrifices for one another. And I do think there's a beauty in that. Um, you know, speaking from my own perspective, seeing the health system come together um, during in the spring when this was uh, first um, first an issue, it was one of the most remarkable experiences of uh, of my career, and I think there's examples of that all over um, all over Alberta. Um, I think that there's also an opportunity for uh, each of us to. We, we live in a very fast-paced society, and you know, being forced to uh, slow down, uh, have some time for uh, reflection, some time to, uh, to do things we may not otherwise have done around spending time with, uh, more time with family. Uh, you know, uh, I personally have noticed that I'm reading more, uh, just, you know, there's, it's quieter. And um, I think as well that, you know, there's an opportunity to discover uh, the outdoors, to discover uh, spending time in nature, a lot of things that are very healthy. Um, I think there are quite a few silver linings. It has been difficult. I don't in any way mean to downplay that and will continue to be difficult. But um, I think, uh, I would hope that most of us can find silver linings in our lives if we look closely enough. 
And finally, what's the most important thing you would like Albertans to take away from this podcast? I think it's very important for each person in Alberta to understand that uh, we all have our part to play in how the next um, five to six months over the winter time is going to play out. Um, you know, we all uh, have a responsibility and an opportunity to um, protect the other people in our lives and we actually all have an impact on the way this will go for us as a society. Um, and I think we each need to acknowledge uh, to ourselves that this isn't going to be easy, that there are going to be sacrifices, that um, it's, there are things that we would like to do that we can't do or that we should think twice about. And so I would just really strongly encourage uh, every single person to think about each of the activities that you do every day um, and think about the amount of COVID risk associated. And like I said, give yourself a hundred COVID dollars to spend. And um, you know, every time that you see someone in an indoor setting, there's a cost to that. And um, you know, I, I'm not saying spend zero dollars. You know, we all need to um, see some people in order to um, you know to get through the winter. But to be really thoughtful and really careful and just realize that there's always a trade-off when you're um, taking any risk from a COVID perspective. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it, it's not going to be easy. It hasn't been easy, um, but it is imperative that we each continue to um, do what we can to protect ourselves, protect our families, our friends and, and society in general. So I would just encourage people to stay with the fight, um, you know, as best as we each can. Thanks, Dr. Retches. You have been listening to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. For the latest information on COVID-19, please visit alberta.ca forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening.